uh, as uh, Robin will be reading today. Psalm 28, page uh, 543 to 544 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to use that. Um, just because we have pew Bibles doesn't mean you can't bring your own Bibles, though, okay? That's very, very important. So, all right, Robin. To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest, if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their, to their works and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the works of their hands. Render them their due reward, because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of his hands, or hear, or he will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my plea for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Pray with me. I'm just going to reflect on some of the last verses there as we pray. Blessed, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts. And I am helped, my heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Father, we ask for that. We acknowledge that you are our Lord and our God, our creator, our defender. Father, we recognize, Lord, that without you, we are nothing. God, today as we come and, and as we, on this family day, as we, uh, it's a day of announcements and it's a day of information and it's a day of celebration of birthdays and anniversaries. It's also, Lord, uh, of remembrance in the Lord's Supper of who you are and what you did for us on the cross of Calvary. Father, we come to you, Lord, recognizing you. And as we reflect today, we recognize you as our Redeemer, our Savior, our Keeper. Lord, in mere mercy, you, God, gave us what we could not afford, what we could not gain what we could not earn, what we did not deserve. Lord, you gave it all to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. 
God, we thank you. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, so that we might see you and fellowship with one another today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, today as we, uh, as we celebrate, you know, I have to share a little story here. Uh, growing up in church, uh, since I was in diapers, okay, so it's been about two years or so, so no. Uh, so just, just growing up in church, you know, I, 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 one of the things that, that struck me is, is uh, you know, sometimes in the midst of what we call routine, uh, routine, things that you do over and over and over again, sometimes does it not begin to lose its meaning? Sometimes we do things and it just loses its meaning. And, and, and I just remember growing up, sometimes we would do communion. It's like, oh, here we go again, communion. And, it, and it's just like you, as a kid, just growing up, just missing the, tr the true depth and the meaning of, of communion and, and what it, it, it truly means for each and every one of us, individually as well as in corporately as the family of God. And, and uh, so it, as it's, it's just amazing for me just to take these times, especially during the, the, the catechism questions that we, we cover three or four, and then on the family Sunday, we come back and we review and we're reminded once again of, of what we've already covered. And so I, I just want to begin the, uh, this morning by something that we've been practicing uh, in the last couple of years is called the Tenebrae service. And it's, it's, it's a service um, that happens uh, uh, at the final uh, part of the, of the Holy Week, uh, right before Easter. And it commemorates the suffering and the crucifixion of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it's an interesting service. I, I didn't grow up participating in these kinds of services. So it's, it's a very dark and somber service where uh, candles are extinguished as passages are read uh, that, that just kind of define the entire Holy Week from beginning to uh, the death of Jesus Christ. And here's the interesting thing about the service. Candles are extinguished until right at the end you are left in utter darkness. And, and one of the things for me that is so, so very uh, applicable and so very important for us to understand, because um, we've been able to black out the sanctuary to where there is almost no light in here whatsoever. Folks, that is the picture of our separation from God because of our sin. Total darkness, total separation total lostness, agony, anguish, fear. And in that utter darkness, in the utter darkness of our sin, the catechism questions that we are currently reflecting on address our need for rescue. It just flat out says it. We need help. Amen? We, we need help. I need help. You need help. We all need help. We need a redeemer. We need Jesus Christ. So God's just and righteous judgment against our sin provides a dark backdrop against which the glory of the gospel shines like a piercing light. And that is just so amazing. Just that, that all of a sudden in the midst of utter darkness at the cross, at the resurrection, there is a piercing light that cannot and will never be extinguished. It is Jesus Christ. But that light doesn't mean anything without knowing the darkness. We need to understand the darkness of our sin before we will ever appreciate 
and marvel and glory in the light so that we don't take it for granted. And as we understand the depth of our helplessness because of our sin and because of our sinfulness, we can better appreciate the true magnitude of God's rescue plan for us. And so as we come together at communion, that's communion is our chance as a body of believers to say, God, thank you. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for giving your heart and your life for my, for my name's sake. And so catechism question 19 asked the question, is there a way back? To, uh, to, is there a way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? And under ba- the, the bated breath of darkness, the answer springs forth like a, like a huge bright light. And the answer is an overwhelming yes. Yes, there is a way uh, to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor to satisfy his justice. God himself out of mere mercy reconciles us to himself and delivers us from sin and the punishment for sin by a redeemer. In Isaiah chapter 53, it's a passage that we use very much so during the, the, uh, the proclamation of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in the midst of, uh, that's actually Isaiah 59. This is Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is really a proclamation of him not being born of a virgin, but now suffering for us. Isaiah 53, 10, 11 say this, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall shall see and be satisfied. God will see and be satisfied when he sees his son die for you and I. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Folks, I don't know about you, but the reality of what God has done for us draws us to praise, causes just to to revel, causes us just to, to sit back in awe and to praise him as our Lord and as our King. And I just want to invite you this morning as we uh, just to stand as we sing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. So stand with me as we sing this song. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransom from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace, uncrown him, Lord of all. Hail him. 
Him who saves you by His grace and crown Him Lord of all. Let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Oh, that with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. You may be seated as we continue. And as we think of that first question, that 19 that we've asked, is there a way? Is there a way to be ransomed? Is there a way back to God's favor? Then question 20 asks this question: Who is that Redeemer? Who is the Redeemer? Who is He? And I'm just going to go right to the passage. The answer is up there, and I'll just read the reference that comes with it. To which God's word, God himself responds to us, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Amen? The man Christ Jesus. You know, uh, there's a famous statue called Christ the Redeemer. It's right there on the screen. On the screen, Christ the Redeemer overlooks the city of Rio de Janeiro. Uh, the statue is a model of Christ with his arms extended so that his body forms the shape of a cross. And the Brazilian architect, uh, Hector de, uh, de uh, Silva Costa, designed the figure. And here's what he imagined as he designed this figure. He imagined that the city's residents would would see it as, a, as the very first image that emerged from the darkness of, at dawn. Here's the artist. Here's what he's thinking. That this image that is high up on this mountain peak would be the first thing that the residents of that great city would look up to and see as, as the dawn gave birth from darkness. At dusk, then, he hoped that the city dwellers would view the setting sun as a halo behind the statue's head. Folks, here's the, here's the reality of it all. There is value in keeping our eyes on a Redeemer each and every day. In the good times and in the bad times, amen? Every day of our life that we keep our eyes on the Lord. As it says in uh, as uh, Job himself from the Old Testament reflected in the midst of his suffering, here are some amazing words that Job wrote in Job 19.25. I know my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last, at last on the earth. That's an incredible verse written thousands of years ago. 
I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. The cry of Job's heart points us to Jesus, our living Savior and Redeemer, who will visit the earth again one day as we know in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. So keeping our eyes on Jesus means remembering that we have been rescued from our sin. Folks, I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded every day that I've been rescued from my sin, that I'm being rescued that day, right then and there, from uh, my sin, my brokenness. Jesus, and this is a quote from uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 14, gave himself for us that he might redeem us from, the ever, from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Folks, can I just tell you something today? You're special. You know what? We don't always believe that, do we? We just, we have a hard time with that. But if we could just make it real personal and just say, I'm special because of Christ, we need to understand and see that that is part of his redeeming work, that, that he has redeemed for himself his own special people, and you and I are a part of that today. Anyone who has accepted Jesus as Savior has, has reason. We have reason to be glad today. No matter what we endure on this earth, we can have hope today and look forward to, enjoy, to enjoying Him, enjoying eternity with Him. It is the Lamb of God, the, uh, uh, the, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the, of the world that was found worthy as it as it speaks about in Revelation, he was found worthy of our honor, of our praise. And so this morning again, as we sing, and I'm just going to invite you to stand because you can't sing the song without standing. So it's called the Revelation song as we just acknowledge our Lord. So stand with me as we sing that song. Don't just reflect on the emotion of the song, but on the very words of the song as well. We glorify Him. Sorry, I missed it. Let's start. <laughs> Here we go. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Let's sing that again. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. And this is what we're going to sing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Do you believe that today? With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. 
You are my everything, and I will adore you. Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Sing it out today. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. This is where we should be, right here. Filled with wonder, struck wonder, at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water. Such a marvelous mystery. Give him your praise today. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You're going to do this with all creation. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy is our Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. And you may be seated as we continue. God, thank you. Thank you as we continue. As we reflect on the Redeemer, and we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. We acknowledge, we ask the, the third question then, question 21. What sort, what sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? And again, I, I, the answer is really very simple. One who is truly human and also truly God. Now it's easy to say, it's another thing to define. One who is truly human and also truly God. 
Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And this is the one that we, we quote at, our, at, at Christmas as we celebrate his birth. For unto us a, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Savior of the world was to be, in God's design, in God's plan, was to be undiminished deity, eternally united with full humanity in one person. The Lord Jesus Christ is his name. This astonishing prophecy in Isaiah confirms this fact in just a few short words. As a member of the human race, the Savior was the firstborn baby of the Virgin Mary. A child is born. One who would save his people from their sins, as it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. As a second member of, of the triune Godhead, the Savior is the only begotten Son of God. A Son is given. For God so loved the world that He gave the beloved Son of His love, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer. And every name and every attribute that is ascribed to Christ has the seal of the eternal Trinity etched into the very fabric, every word that is described in that passage. No one else but God is qualified to be called wonderful. Only God alone is the perfect counselor. As it says in Colossians 2.9, for, for in Christ dwelt all the wisdom of the Godhead bodily. And from Isaiah it says, and the spirit of the Lord rested upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and reverence for the Lord. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Jesus Christ is indeed our wonderful counselor. Amen. God alone is omnipotent. And he alone has the authority to call himself the mighty God. God alone is eternal. So he alone can be enthroned as the everlasting father. God alone and the person of our Lord Jesus Christ shed his lifeblood so that all who believe on his name would have peace with God. That perfect peace of God that surpasses all understanding as it says in the book of Philippians. Only Christ has the right to be called the Prince of Peace. The wonderful, eternal, Almighty God of peace. The second person of the triune Godhead set aside his glory to take on the form of a man, to be born into the human race that he created. Folks, just stop there and think about that. The God who said, let it be, is the same God who came down in the form of a baby. That's just incredible. That's just mind-blowing to me that God indwelt human form so that he could be the sacrifice. He is called. It is no surprise then that his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
He is the one and only Redeemer that we acknowledge at the Lord's Supper, at the Lord's table this morning. And we're just going to sit as we sing this song this morning. There is a Redeemer as we acknowledge Jesus Christ. This is our time to prepare our hearts before we partake of communion today. But let's just sing it together. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son. And leaving your spirit to the work on earth is done. Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, for sinners Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is When I stand in glory, I shall see His face. And there I'll serve my King forever in that holy place. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on Sing that one more time. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us our Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. Well, one of the things that we're going to be doing differently today is uh, we do this during our Tenebrae service, but the communion tables are set um, for stations, and we'll have an elder at each station, and then there will be people that will dismiss you by row. So just kind of come as you're dismissed, so you'll come up to the middle, um, and then you'll just go back around once you've received your communion. And again, one of the things that, that we're really uh, seeking to do, especially on this Sunday, is that we want to be as participatory as possible, not spectators. But this is your opportunity uh, to come to the Lord's table um, as husband and wife, as an individual, as a family, and come before uh, the Lord uh, in his table. And uh, so it will be administered to you, so it will be handed to you. You don't have to take it out of the tray. So there's juice, and then there's a cracker in there, so just uh, partake together. So if I could have my... 
my elders come and take their place. And uh, um, I will be at that table right there just shortly, but I just want to give a prayer. And then we have people that will be dismissing uh, you as well. So um, so let me, let me uh, pray this prayer as we go into our time. And Jason will be just playing uh, reflectively as we, uh, as we just take this time to give God glory and honor for all that he's done. And I just want to say this before I pray. You may be here today. Maybe you're not a believer. Can I just say, taking communion does not make you a believer. Taking communion is for the believer. It is our opportunity as a body to say, God, you are our redeemer. Amen? You are the one who paid the price. And today we corporately, as a family, recognize that you are our Lord and Savior. And we want to say thank you for all that you did for us. On the cross, shedding, uh, paying the price through your body, being nailed to that cross, and then shedding your blood for the remission of our sin. We want to say thank you for that. And so let me just pray this prayer, and then we'll just go into this time, and then there'll be some instruction right at the end as we close. So Lord God, Son of God and Son of Man, for generations you were prophesied only one who is both divine and human, could live in perfect obedience and be fitting, a fitting sacrifice on our behalf. There is no other way to the Father but by you. And we want to say thank you. So Lord, as believers here today, we want to say thank you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for prompting our hearts to respond to you in faith through the grace, the gift of grace that you bestowed on us, Lord, to make it all clear. Thank you, Lord, for that. And God, we just this is our amen to you in our time of communion. We just want to say thank you, Lord, that you took our place in human form on the cross and you shed your blood for the forgiveness of our sins. God, we just want to say thank you today. And we just ask these things in your wonderful and precious name. Amen.
that I would like to read, and then we're going to sing uh, the Revelation song one more time as we close today. This is from the book of Revelations, and um, if we think in uh, in the book of of uh, Corinthians, where or actually in the Lord's Supper that Jesus is actually administering to his disciples. And he says, I will not partake of this again until I do it in heaven. Here's that passage in heaven. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. And I fell down at his feet and I worshipped him, but he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. There will be a day when we will truly sing, worthy is the Lamb. Stand with me as we 